all in on box house. Like this is it. This is it's go time. I had two people in my 6 a.m. I had like a couple people on my seven, couple people eight, couple people nine. I say all that because when you go all in on something, whether you open up a donut store or a record store or anything like brick and mortar, <laughs> record store, whatever, yeah. right? And you got a couple people that show up to buy. And so hard for four months. I was going. I went hard for eighteen months to be honest. But the first four months, I was. I ended up in the hospital. Yeah, remember? I thought I, had, I thought I had cancer. Like the fear that I had. <clears throat> Think about someone reaching inside the stroller. So as my wife saw the homeless lady walking towards him in the stroller, she had a, that that intuition. Say like something wasn't right. And as she was walking towards him on the sidewalk, Lily turned the stroller went boom turn it she's like don't you fucking grab my baby welcome to the my yesterday mentality podcast where i get to interview some of the dopest individuals that i've met through this amazing journey of life individuals with the most amazing stories and plenty of lessons to share every single person though we have one thing in common that has brought us together we all have a love for boxing but it's always been bigger than boxing on that note let's get into these stories I ran up a check, I might do it again. Enemies close, have me thinking they're friends. Ten toes down, I'll be free until the end. Crib outside the city, I don't feel safe in my ass. Took so many years, I'm just waiting for the- The year was 2010. I was training for my first amateur cage fight. I was going to college at Vanguard University, studying psychology while working at the school part-time in order to pay for my training. A friend who I met through the industry asked me if I wanted to teach kids classes at the gym. He managed a gym called LA Boxing. I remember my first class. I got paid $20 an hour and even got a private client set up shortly after. $35 for the session. My mind was blown as the only jobs I've ever had were minimum wage at the school and a valet job while I was in high school. I remember sharing how shocked I was with this manager. He said a couple things to me that day that really stuck with me. He said, Jeremiah, this is what the industry is willing to pay for our services. He is a boxer, boxer and boxing coach as well. They pay the same rate as they do for personal trainers now. Don't be afraid to work hard and make your money. From that short convo, I saw a vision. I dropped out of college and continued to train competitively as I started my coaching journey. That convo helped shape me and my career to what it is now. And that manager... He ended up becoming my best friend, my brother, my best man at my wedding, a constant supporter of everything I do. We've been through so many different chapters, marriage, multiple kids, different businesses, training camps. We fought in the same fight nights together, big wins, huge losses, everything. He's now a father of two, a husband, a fighter, coach, and the owner of Newport Beach Boxing Studio, Box House. Here to share a story, welcome to the podcast, My Straight Mentality, Andre Huseman. Yo, yo, what's up? Dude, I almost started crying right there. Yo, that's <laughs> the goal. That's, <laughs> I, hey, I put a lot of work into these intros, and, and ask anybody, and if you look at all the episodes, like, you know, I, I got a lot of love for everybody I bring on this show, man, yeah. because... Like I said, we, you know, all have crazy stories and, and, and all cross paths in different ways. But boxing brought us together. But, man, have we got some stories to, to share. Yeah. We probably won't hit everything, but it'll be a good start today, dude. 
Yeah, that's well. Some of the stories we should probably just keep to ourselves, huh? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we went. I mean, to the audience, like Andre and I, we've gone through so much together, like mm -hmm. so many different stages in our lives. From like, mm -hmm. yeah, we're married with kids now. You know, doing the family thing now, running businesses, be mature. -er. I wouldn't say we're mature. We're always yeah. immature. <laughs> but man, we were like. I was 21 years old. I started hanging out with you. We started going to Vegas <sighs> together. Yeah. You know, gambling yeah. together, partying together. Yeah. Uh, my very first trip to New York was with you. Was that your first, your first trip too? I, I had been when I was nine years old and uh, I hadn't been back. And so it, it was great to, you know, I don't remember too much while I was there. I had Polaroid pictures of, of being there when I was nine, but really it was, it was just a good time to get back at, at an age where I could appreciate it, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that goes to show how far back we went. My mm -hmm. very first time I went to New York was with you and how funny, um, a friend, a good, good friend of yours, Gary Matthews, yeah. um, the, the baseball player, he took us to dinner that night and it was at this restaurant called catch, catch yeah. NYC. And, and I was blown away by New York. Um, he took us to catch NYC and, and small world, the owner of catch NYC ends up becoming my <laughs> mentor in business and my older brother when i moved Ooh. to new york years down the line yeah. and i remember that new york trip we were you sent me a picture the other day we we went to brooklyn williamsburg yeah yep. and i ended up um you know living there with annie you know that's where that's we're right raising theo at first how what a crazy turnaround oh, man what a what an incredible <clears throat> time you mentioned one thing which i just want to touch on you talked about you know a crucial time and what we're doing now really when we met when, when I look at it, it's, you know, we didn't meet when we were seven or eight years old and, you know, friends until we were about 20. We met at a really crucial young adult age, right? And, you know, I'll be 40 next year. And so, you know, you're talking about 21 years old. You're, you're definitely not 21 anymore. That's for sure. And, and neither am I. Uh, so I think we met at a very crucial time. Young adults, young men, uh, really trying to figure out who we are, what we're trying to become, what the world has to offer and then following those steps. But along the way, man, falling off to the right, falling off to the left. But I, I mean, I have to give it back to you because you've done such an incredible job, man, over the last 15 years I've known you. I, feel I like, mean, we, you know? we both have, man. And, and we're taking everybody along for the ride now. And I'm sure this will be the first of many episodes, you know, mm -hmm. you know, sharing our stories. Let's start from the bare bones basics and right. the, the, the beginning with you. Um, right. I gave a little insight in the intro, but, you know, I would love for you to share your upbringing with everyone, you know, where mm -hmm. you were born mm -hmm. and how mm -hmm. you ended up getting into boxing and managing the gym, LA Boxing. Yeah. So I was born in Santa Ana. I was <laughs> born to a single mother. Um, so it was just my mom and I in the beginning. And then, um, uh, uh, met my dad when I was around seven or so, and then uh, we ended up moving to Anaheim. Uh, mom got married. I was nine years old, so my stepdad soon became my dad, which is incredible. And then um, I got to Anaheim. I grew up heavy in sports. My dad was an advocate for sports, so football and baseball. And then when I got to high school, um, I got involved in track. I was in yearbook. Um, I enjoyed things like that. I was in home ec. I really enjoyed cooking, and I really liked it. Um, right after that, I went right into junior college. I continued to play football and I went to Fullerton junior college. So, you know, grew up in orange County per se, Northern orange County and, uh, went to junior college, played a couple years there, got a little scholarship out to Iowa. I go out there, do what I have to do, get what I need to get done out there on my way back. Um, I ended up working at, um, 24 hour fitness. That's really where I started 
in the industry. Uh, and that was 2006. Uh, and when I come back, man, and mind you, you know, I, I lived in a uh, section eight housing, you know, I don't really have little to no money. Um, I was living in Fullerton, uh, next to, uh, this gang called Tokerstown. And, uh, every Friday night, almost every Friday night, there was a park right behind me. You hear like gunshots going off and stuff. And while I was, you know, working at 24 hour fitness, uh, and living there, I remember my rent for like 1200 square feet, which is quite a bit. Now looking back, it was 825 a month, 825 Damn. a month, 825 bucks a month. There was potato bugs in these, these section eight housing. And I'm, I'm with, I'm with everybody, man. There's no, there, there's no, um, what am I looking for? There's no racial profiling there, man. It's blacks, yellows, greens, purples. Um, all religion, all ethnicities, we're all there bunkered in what, if you go back, it's still there, man. It kind of looks like a compound, but I had some great experiences there. And, uh, I, I think it helped, uh, make me tougher and into what I, where I am today. So went to that. And while I was working at 24 hour fitness, uh, I was also trying to be a cop. So I applied to all these different departments. I was passing. You'd be doing everything, bro. Oh, yeah, I'd be trying to do too much sometimes. Yeah, I remember seeing a photo you posted <laughs> of you like doing um like a, a flight lesson, like yeah. on an airplane, and you posted, "What should I do next? A karate tournament? Yeah, yeah. Become a magician? Yeah, I you'd feel, be doing I, everything. I I don't know if that's a Libra in me, but I've always wanted. To, <laughs> I always wanted to like touch everything. Like I said, even in high school, I didn't just play one sport. It was football, track, baseball. I, I swam competitively up until I was 12 years old. So being physical has always been a part of my life. Um, the academics wasn't anything I gravitated towards, but a lot of the subjects that I did well in were, were things that I actually really admired or had a deep interest in. Yeah. You know? So so from college, yeah. you started to experience even more humble beginnings. Yeah. You know, where you were living and mm -hmm. you were working at 24 Hour Fitness. Yo, at get the time. this. I was making. I was grossing 2,200 a month and I was taking home about 1,600 a month. My friend at the time, Josh, I'm like, I mean, I'm struggling, man. I got internet, like time order. I mean, I got some base, I got a box TV. I saw pictures of my, where I live. All in my bills were 1,500 a month. Okay. Had a little credit card, little internet, a little cable rent. And I took home 1600, 1650. If I hit a couple bonuses, you know, I was brand new to 24 hour fitness. I was just trying to figure it out, figure out sales, figure out how to train people. And, uh, I remember sitting in my coffee table in, in my living room and my buddy's like, dude, how are you doing this? I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm <laughs> learning how to steal from Peter to pay Paul. You know, it's like, <laughs> I was running credit cards, but like always making the payments. And it was just, it wasn't a good situation. Even the way I got in there was. You had to have had no more. Well, first of all, you can make no more than $24,000 a year to, to just apply, let alone get accepted. Then you had to show your bank statements. You couldn't have more than 1500 bucks in your account. And I was like, I got 200 bucks, like sign me up. And, uh, it was a very interesting time for me. It was actually one of the, the, I don't know, man, looking back, it was look more simple. All I had to do was train. I have no kids. I had no wife. I have no real responsibilities outside of making sure rent was paid and Food was on the table, you know. Yeah, you know, it was hard back then, and then you have a different level of hard now. It's like yeah. choose your choose your what <laughs> yeah. kind of hard you want, yeah. you know. Uh, yeah. Uh, but obviously, you know, you made it out of there and started your own business, and it, mm -hmm. it is, it's truly, truly doing great things, which we'll which we'll um get back into later. But mm -hmm. so after uh, twenty four hour fitness, 
you were yeah. you weren't teaching boxing there. What where did that lead to? Twenty four hour fitness. So my other buddy was working at LA Fitness, and he's like, "Yo, Dre, you want to work here?" I'm like, "Yeah, because <laughs> I ain't up. making I ain't making no money at this place." So I went over to LA Fitness, absolutely crushed it. And that I remember my first weekend because I really enjoyed sales and I enjoyed personal training. And you know, look what I'm doing now, right? But I just had a knack for like understanding people, understanding people's needs, and helping them get there. My first weekend there i sold eighteen thousand dollars in personal training and then that's when i just knew i think i think there might be something here for me so i'm working there i get transferred over to anaheim hills and then i get a phone call from at the time my friend joe his sister gives me a call and uh says hey somebody's on the line for you they call me at la fitness and i, I grew up with her her name's vanessa vanessa valenzuela if you're, if you're watching this hi um she uh, links me up with her. I think it was her boyfriend or fiance, maybe her husband. Then at the time, he gets on the phone. He's like, "Hey, man, I got this gym called LA Boxing. I'm a franchisee. We just opened it up. We've been here. We're in Orange. We've been here a few months. And I don't know. Things just aren't popping off. I I, I think there's way more that can be done here. You know. And for me, I, I've always been very like, can I curse on here or no? I don't know. It's up to you. Whatever. I was yeah, like, you know, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I was yeah. like, man, fuck on, it. On my I'll, on my show, of yeah, course, bro. Yeah, I was like, man, fuck it. I, I was like, man, fuck it. I'll, I'll try it. What, why? What's up? And he's like, well, I have an opportunity for you. I was like, well, you know, my head, I'm not, I'm not making any money here. But I said, hey, if the comp plan can kind of match or do better than where I'm at, then I'll, I'll try it. So I went down there and uh, I took the job, took the position as a GM. And then while I was like selling memberships, right, any gym, I was like, well, I should probably learn what the hell I'm selling, right? And I'm 185 pounds. When I got done with college football, I came back and I was still looking for like that, 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 that playing in front of a couple thousand people. I was still looking for that, that rush and that contact. And so I was playing a thing called Top Gun Flag Football and it just wasn't fulfilling <laughs> anything. It. It, 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 I'm like, bro, I'm used to helmet, the full yeah. bit. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I'm over here. I'm over here. I'm people in the stands. I just, at the, you know, I just got my girlfriend here hanging out. I'm like, <laughs> whatever and so uh i took a boxing class and i'm probably like 10 minutes in and i'm like i want to do this i want to do that. i want to have five i want to i want to okay this is it and uh, i remember one of the instructors he was walking by and i, I may mean, look down my like, dude i, I want to do this i want to have a box and it, uh, essentially i'm his boss at the, at the at the time and i'm only there for a week and i'm like yo dude i want to like do this I wanna, and i remember him like he kind of gave me this smirk and i totally get it now so here's how it goes. I'm hitting the bag. He's walking by and I'm like, dude, I want to do this. I want to learn how to fight. I want to learn how to box. I'm going to get, and he did this. He's like, just kind of like, just keep hitting the bag, bro. I'm like, this guy's kind of blowing me off. Now, 16 he years later, know my true potential. he doesn't know that I'm about this life, but I get it now because 16 years in the game and you can contest to this too. How many fucking people have gone up to you and said, I want to fight. And then they don't, yeah. it's less than 1% of people at, you know, fitness, boxing, even traditional gyms that actually fight mm -hmm. 1% less. And so now looking back, I'm like, now I can see why he kind of blew me off. Cause I sort of do the same thing now too. I get some people that are hyped up. It's their second class. Endorphins are up. You're hitting the bag as hard as you can. No one can see me. I've been in a bunch of street fights, blah, 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 blah. And I want to fight. <laughs> And, you know, that doesn't typically happen. And so I get why he blew me off. But, you know, fast forward, 
I'm selling memberships. I'm learning boxing. And then I started training with Mary and Mary knows who she is. Mary Duran, the firecracker. And she was a professional. And at the time she was retired. She still is. I think she was newly retired. And then I just started following her around the gym that I was managing because I hired her to, to add, to teach classes. And I just started moving around the ring with her. And, you know, I'm 185 pounds. I'm used to burst. I'm just used to that football type of mentality, which is way different. And so, you know, I can get into that later, but it, it definitely changed my perspective being around that boxing gym and my weight was starting to drop and I didn't really understand weight classes. I loved watching like De La Hoya, Mike Tyson, Fernando Vargas. I kind of grew up in that Shane Mosley era of boxing, uh, Ricardo Mayorga, uh, Morales, Barrera, that's, which was an incredible era of boxing. But I didn't really understand the weight classes so much, you know? Even when you look at, if mm -hmm. you look at Rocky Four, when he fights a Russian, think about it for one second. You know that Rocky's 160 pounds and Dolph <laughs> Lundgren's a heavyweight? He's like 225, like doesn't even like, but at the time you don't care. You just want to see two people go at it, you know? So, well, that's, that's kind of even the first UFCs you see, and it's like the, you know, tiny hoist Gracie, like, yeah. going up against these crazy, like, wrestlers and stuff. It's, it's the funniest right. thing. Right, it, right. It's, it's back in the day, there were no really true, true, true weight classes. Not as there wasn't. as they are now. There wasn't. There wasn't. So, I mean, that that's 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 how I sort of got started in this thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, to recap that, okay, so, out of college... Section eight housing, trying to trying to figure out a way to pay your bills. Start at twenty four hour fitness, then to LA fitness, then you get uh -huh. hit up to to sell and manage LA boxing. And um something you mentioned about sales and and everything, it's like I remember when you were managing the LA boxing that you asked me to work at and you were really into sales and not so much as like, um, like a salesman as in no. somebody like that a wants dirty car to, salesman. yeah, that wants yeah. to trick you into something. You were yeah. really passionate about what you were selling. I remember right. even you would be on YouTube in between the breaks yeah. and you would show me like these videos on like, you know, like really good salesman. And you I forgot me about like, that. Yeah, you would show me clips of like uh, a boiler room. You were showing yeah, me man. like clips of that and like yeah. how hyped you were yeah. to, to get the gym. And and I think they created a good um, business culture at those LA boxings in the early mm -hmm. stages because they really made us hustle. And in turn, our hustle led to better lifestyles for mm -hmm. us because we were making more money. But they really right. motivated us to hustle and to get after it. Yeah. And, and they gave us the platform to do so. And LA boxing is the first mm. gym out there that really meshed yeah, shout out to Sean McCulley, like yeah. that really meshed fitness and boxing. Cause you had yeah. competitive fighters, whether they were retired or actively competing like ourselves, teaching classes in there, mm -hmm. running the actual business. Right. And, and, um, we'll, we'll get into even this later, you know, mm -hmm. the owner, old mm -hmm. owner of LA boxing, yep. Anthony Geyser ended up purchasing rumble boxing during the pandemic, but it, yeah. it was a full circle thing. And like, we've been there since the beginning of that. Like that was crazy, bro. Yeah. I've, it was, it was a great time for me. It, it's a time that I always sort of lean on when, when I just look back at part of my history and how I got started in this industry, it was a, such a huge chunk of, of who I am came from working for that, that's that that franchise yeah it's uh, it's it's shaped it was like the foundation of what we were going to do later which you know pulled up my questions right here led to yeah. the next question you so la boxing mm -hmm. then you go we both leave la boxing actually 
<clears throat> go off doing our own things. We rent out space out of a local boxing gym down yep. the street and yep. start just trying to build our own brands, build our own client. Um, we even did a boot camp together. And, and I want to talk about that because, uh, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I do want to talk about the LA boxing and you and I leaving. But even prior to you and I leaving, you and I were driving around looking for our own spot. Do you remember that? We found yeah. a couple of different spots. We had looked at some different stuff. You had some great contacts. So did I. We had we had a pretty decent network back then. And I'll, you know, I can expand on our network later down the road. But I remember we were, you know, we were sort of we were in that corporate mindset where we were starting to be, become a little bit more and wanted a little bit more out of our lives and a different lifestyle. And I think we were around those people who had an elevated lifestyle. And as you know, if you really want to get to somewhere, um, sometimes you have to go independent. Sometimes you have to go on your own. So kudos to you before you even try to give me credit because you found American Gym. I, mm -hmm. I never heard of it. It was around the street, around the corner yeah. from us. And uh, you said, Dre, I think I have a spot. Owner's awesome. He's cool. Shout out to Brian Hood for yeah. always being just a fucking real one. Brian Hood yeah. He's an incredible guy, humble, and he's just a good human being. So shout out to Brian Hood. Um, but he welcomed you. I remember he went there for a couple of weeks first and like two weeks later, I was like, yo, man, I'm out of here. I, I'm going to yeah. call up and build my clientele. Yeah. We always wanted more. Right. And, yeah. and, and for me, I, I think this is the immigrant mentality in me that my parents were yeah. in. Yeah. It just give me the platform. Just give me the shot. Give yeah. me a, a place to do it. And I'm going to yeah. take that to the yeah. moon. Yeah. And, uh, with that local gym, they're like, yeah, all you got to do is pay rent. And you could yeah. train as many people as you want, yep. run your own business here. Yeah. And I was like, done. Yeah. And I went from like, and let me, let me backtrack a little bit. The main reason why I left LA Boxing, and so the audience understands the timeline yeah. a little better. Yeah. LA Boxing ended up getting acquired by um, UFC Gym. So right. they were corporate at, at the time, but they went extra corporate once right. the, the, the reins were yeah. handed over to a bigger corporate company. And I remember one of the district managers i believe came in there and was like or even a new guy came in there from the corporate side of things and he was like hey jeremiah like what kind of um certifications do you have and i was keeping in mind i was just coaching boxing at the yeah. time so i was teaching kids boxing for the most part uh, maybe training a parent here and there mm -hmm. teaching cardio boxing classes he said well what certifications do you have and i didn't have any certifications other than you know me actually training and fighting and sharing yeah. my experiences with others yeah. yeah and and he says okay well because you don't have the standard fitness certification we're going to have to pay you $20 a class we're going to have to drop that down to like $13 a class and i said dude, dude. you cannot value what yeah. i am giving these people i put my yeah. life on the line to learn yeah. what i know yeah. if yeah. anything you pay me more right. and that and i was like you know that's fine and i yeah. and i stepped away and and mm -hmm. and i was like someone just give me a platform to to excel and yeah. you know i did and then you followed after shortly <laughs> followed after and we that's i i think that's when we experienced the most substantial growth is when we went off and did our own things. I uh, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, we decided to balance. We, we did that. And then you know, at that time, this is 2013. And when you think about 2013, which is about almost 10 years ago, Instagram was becoming kind yeah. of Instagram. Barely getting Barely. Yeah. And you and I were doing our thing. We we're posting some videos. And they didn't have, they didn't have stories then, like. We were, we were doing our thing. I think at the most you could post was like a 15 second video. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We hired Steve to do some of our videos. And, and yeah. this is no cap. Like we're from the, one of the first ones in terms of boxing anyways. 
Because I could go way back of when I posted these videos and same for you of when we were posting these 15 second videos. Steve charges way more now, but there were 150 bucks for a 15 minute video. And that's what we did. I think we like sort of doubled down our Instagram. And look, I don't have 40 million followers. I don't have 30 million, let, let alone, but like- But it we, led to, to what you're doing now. And 100%, yeah. To that one person, which, you know, that led you to that person that that you opened up your business yeah. with. And yeah. Box House. Yeah. And Box yeah. House is globally globally known now. And, and know. my next question, I know you went from the Section 8 housing to running your own business. You own a successful yeah. boxing studio in Newport Beach, Box House. It's a staple in the community with a great supportive following. You yeah. share boxing with all walks of life, doctors, lawyers, CEOs, mm -hmm. people that work in finance. You know, you see some of the OC housewives in yeah. there celebrities and all how yeah. did you find yourself there from the traditional boxing scene yeah. to 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 the complete opposite <clears throat> now like you go from like sharing it to yeah, yeah our, our our neighborhoods and communities right but you're working with all these fighters right, right. but now you're in the heart of newport Beach. yeah you know I, well I, I think too to backtrack a little bit you know while i was there at american and going independent i was thinking in my head you know because i wanted to make more money but i also want to be around people that were going to inspire me and my thought process while I started, I started doing personal development, reading books, reading, looking inward, and then reading about people who are successful as well. And one of the, they are, you are who you hang around with. One is like one of the golden rules of like life, right? It's like you, you truly are who you hang around with. And the same goes with who you do business with. And so I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, who do CEOs, high net worth individuals, entrepreneurs, executives, the list goes on. Who do these people hang out with? Well, CEOs, entrepreneurs, high net worth individuals hang out with CEOs, entrepreneurs, high net worth individuals, birds of a feather for sure. So I said, well, if I start training these individuals, if I start training private equity guys, if I start training VC venture capitalist guys, if I start training their, their kids, their wives, so on and so forth, forget the money that's going to come, but I'm going to be surrounding myself with people who move differently, think differently and definitely do business differently. And so that was sort of my first step. And then that ended up like you were there for that at American gym and then my, the level of people, which I was training and no, and, and this is no offense to anybody else I trained that was just kind of a regular or whatever, but like I knew I wanted something a little bit more in my life. And so I said, okay, so I started training these individuals and then getting to box house, my network as it was peaking sort of at for where I was doing just transferred over to Box House, Newport Beach. And I was already training a couple of house moms that were on TV and some influential um, women that were on social fronts and had great followings and things like that. But were also, you know, philanthropists and so on and so forth. So not just, you know, pretty women. Train women who are actually really doing things in the community, doing things for the country, doing things for humanity, which is, I thought, empowering because I wanted to get to that at one point. So we opened up Box House and, well, I, you know, Box House day one, the, the first day I opened it, I remember I taught 6 a.m., 6, 7, 8, 9. I taught four classes on Monday. It's February. And I could see online, just like you can see when you're going to teach a class, like how many people are in your classes. And I'm like, all right. The, the night before, I was like, dude, I had, mind you, I'm all in on Box House. Like, this is it. This is, it's go time. I had two people in my 6 a.m. I had like a couple people on my seven, couple people eight, couple people nine. I say all that because 
when you go all in on something, whether you open up a donut store or a record store or anything like brick and mortar, <laughs> record store, whatever, yeah. right? And you got a couple people that show up to buy. Yeah. And then now, oh. and now when it, but you know what? I got to credit that because it's like, like, okay, you opened up a business, you went all in on it. Yeah. And, and you got two people show up on the first day, but like, yo, you, you lived in section eight yeah. housing with freaking potato yeah. bugs. Literally. This is nothing. I got this. So, yeah, you know, and then part nothing. of my, I'm like, all right, all right, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, uh, you know, between my, my business partner and myself, our network, and then what we had put together and how much hype, at least we did on social mm -hmm. media, or at least in my head, I would say about day 10 or 11, we went absolutely viral. Mm -hmm. And I mean, everything on our merchandise area cleaned out, looked like we were closing. We had to hit up our, our, our guy who was doing our closing at the time. He couldn't even keep up with, he's like, oh shit. I didn't think, I was like, dude, neither did we, but we need more sweatshirts. He, like we needed all that stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, fast forward, things just popped off for us and in a, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, again, that's amazing. And, and, and the tough beginnings, which we were kind of mm -hmm. reflecting back like, yo, yeah, they were tough, but we kind yeah. of missed them. Yeah. It, it helped you handle the, the shit you, yeah. you had to handle then. And yeah. look, 10 days of hustle, what? <clears throat> 10 days um, you went even all out even yeah. more and, yeah. and it was pop, popping off like that. Yeah. I remember I, I went so hard for four months. I was going, I went hard for 18 months to be honest, but the first four months I was, I ended up in the hospital. Yeah. Remember, I thought I, had, I thought I had cancer. Yo, I remember you were going so hard. I lost weight. That, yeah. I didn't care. I was like, I'm here did, to work. Did you tear something too? Like in your stomach or something? Yeah. I thought, I thought I tore something in my stomach. And uh, I remember I went to the emergency room. And they, you know, plugged me up, did all the tests. The guy comes back and said, dude, your white blood cell counts good. Red blood, you know, they do the whole blood work. Put me on IV stuff. And I'm like, he's like, dude, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. I'm like, dude, I think there's something wrong with me. I go home, they release me, give me some fluids, IV bag. Two days later on my wife's birthday or the day after, I said, I'm going back to the hospital. Something's fucking wrong with me. I don't feel good. And I remember we go back in the hospital. I want to do these tests, do this test. Everything came back negative another IV bag. And I was like, I'm like, dude, something's fucking wrong with me. Tell the doctor. I'm like, dude, there's something inside of me and it doesn't feel right. Like, I feel like an alien was inside me. Yeah, yeah. And then I remember he looks at my wife. He's like, is your husband stressed out? She's like, well, yeah, he just opened up a business. And he's like, <laughs> man, have a couple of Tylenol, bro. Take a, take a vacation, bro. So that, that, that's, that's what stress can do to you. I'll tell you that. But Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, I love the business, man. I love taking classes there and, and I love the people that work there. What's, what's the future of box house now? What do you want to do with it? Because pandemic, like it did even for, for me and the businesses yeah. I were working for it yeah. threw through wrench into everything and, and, and challenge us a little bit more. And we had to pivot and, and, and change up what we we're doing. What, what's the future now? We, yeah, that, that word pivot has been used and abused, but I'll use it one more time. We had to pivot, right? Everyone's <laughs> gone online. Everyone's streaming. Everyone's uploading. Now everyone's I, back to working out in person. Like, yeah, yeah. What do y'all yeah. want? Yeah, man. Just I don't know what you guys want from me. <laughs> just tell us. Just, yeah, for sure. You know, but Newport Beach is just such a staple center. It's just what a what a beacon of hope it's been for a lot of people, and, and especially for <clears> myself. So what we've decided to do, and it's something that I've wanted to do since the beginning, since day one. But you know, things have to align, and I think. We, we got derailed a few times due to the pandemic and then just personal stuff. 
that it led us down this next road. So this next path, we are going to be franchising. So let's I, go. I can say this much. There's some legalities behind it. How much I can say, but I can say we're in the process of franchising pretty far along. And because our brand has reached quite a bit of people around the country, just in terms of notoriety and the amount of not just local, but national press we've had and the list goes on and on. Um, and I don't think anybody's really doing it the way that we're doing it. Uh, and that, that, that's not to sound like we're, we're doing it better and different. I just think we're doing it in a way that just, you know, at, we haven't done it. No one's done it at scale. I think there's a mm -hmm. few companies that have tried, as you know, and then just didn't get there for whatever reason. Um, but I got the right people in place. I have the right business part partners. I have the right team and everything is starting to line up despite all the bullshit. I've been through over the last couple of years due to COVID. Yeah, yeah, and, that was. And, and in my personal tough, life bro. too, you know. So all that stuff. So we're, we're going the franchise route to sort of, you know, long story short. Uh, the short answer is yes. There's a future for us, and looking to get to, you know, on a national level and grow to 300 locations. It's a wild number, but shit, what else am I going to do? You know. I mean, look, like I said, the foundation you started from has has help shape you to, to overcome tough shit, you know, yeah, and, and yeah. why not? Why not 500? Why not, you know, a thousand, you could sky's the limit. You just got to keep putting in that work towards it. And, yeah. and, yeah. and the hustle is no, yeah. nothing foreign to you. I mean, you went to the hospital because of, yeah, you were grinding so much. <clears throat> yeah, man. Entrepreneurship is outside of raising kids. Cause that's, that's beautiful. And it's really hard to at the same time, but entrepreneurship is by far the hardest thing I've ever you know, wanted, tried these three, to do. These three things, I'm a, and, and <clears throat> you tell me which one's the hardest. Boxing at a high level. Yeah. Competitively. Yeah. Full-time. Yeah. Full-time entrepreneur. Yeah. Trying to hustle and, and make something of a business. Yeah. Or be being a parent. What's the hardest out of the three? <laughs> oh, the easiest stuff, being a parent. Oh, yeah. For that, me. For me, because it's... Same. <laughs> because I know the ramifications of of being in a fight or losing a fight or not getting to the top or not competing at, at your best i also know the ramifications of like not doing well as an entrepreneur but i get to, i get a restart the unfortunate part about being you know an insufficient parent or not being a loving parent the blowback we've seen it you know it it's it ripples you know, oh, how, how you manage your kids, how you love your kids. You know, if I'm talking 20 years from now, the business is the business. Who cares? Not boxing. No one's going to give a shit. But yeah. my kids and how they treat people and how they look at me and they look at their mom and their grandma and their uncles. That for me is hard. And it, it becomes even harder for a parent. The more you want the best for your kids and, and the more you love them, the harder it is. So I hear some parents, oh, it's easy. Then you ain't present. You ain't really doing it, bro. Yeah. Anything I've ever given anything to is hard. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, well, let me ask you this. Did you understand the gravity of being a parent and the ramifications of being a parent before you had it? Like the pregnancy stage. Oh, no. Did you expect this? No, and that's I'll touch on that later about the pregnancy that we talked about what I'm what I'm gonna get done here. But yeah. that pregnancy stuff, you know, you know, I, clearly I didn't get pregnant, <clears> but I was, you know, help with the process, but yeah. you know, when having the wife pregnant, you go, they go through the different stages 
And sometimes they're textbook, right? Sometimes they're like, oh yeah, they get the mood swings, they the, the throwing up, the morning sickness, da 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 da. And then some 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 women they don't get that. So and then sometimes you get a little bit. And so my wife sort of experienced some of the, you know, traditional symptoms, right? And then of course she didn't. Towards the end, they don't want to be pregnant. You know, my wife's yeah. been pregnant. We've had two kids now, and so you get on that tail end that last four six weeks, man. They they're over it. Yeah. You know, she definitely wasn't one of the moms that was like, oh my God, I love being pregnant. Oh my and God. Then, and then the baby's here and you're like, damn, what did oh. I do? Damn. When my daughter was born, I freaking lost it. I yeah. was like, the amount of emotions is, 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 I'm glad I can't describe it because if I could, it wouldn't be worth it. I can't, yeah. even, I can't even put it into words, man. And look at us, look at us, man. Like, so we're boxers. We've, you know, been Mm -hmm. through hard physical challenges, even, you know, you could say hard emotional and mental Mm -hmm. and spiritual challenges Mm -hmm. running our businesses and going through life. Yeah. But like nothing has challenged you and I like, like fatherhood. Nothing, sure. nothing has brought, brought me down so many times <clears throat> yeah. than, than, yeah. than being a, being a father, you know, it yeah. challenges us. It challenges our marriages. It's, you know, it goes into, to my, my third question. So we you got, you get to start, we get to start to learn the more personal side yeah. of you and that other side, you know, changing gears t- towards that. You have a beautiful family, brother, like gorgeous Thank wife, you. two amazing kids. Um, I want the audience to, to, to know this story. I remember you had a scary incident happen to your wife, Leanna, yeah. and your daughter. They were attacked on a walk. And this oh, is yeah. Orange County, yo. You know, share, share with us what happened and, and the aftermath of that. Like, well, what it did to you mentally and, and how did you use that incident to kind of move forward and, and shape you for the better? Yeah, so it was a few years back. My daughter was just, she was still a baby doing the whole in the stroller and stuff. And I was at work, I was finishing with a client and then her and grandma, they went on a walk. This is in Tustin, nice area, you know, uh, affluent area, um, targets there. It's, it's just nice. Yeah. They went for a walk and, um, yeah, I get a phone call. My, my, uh, Lily, my wife was just like, bah, on the phone. And I was like, what the hell happened? She's like some, some homeless lady, try to rip Elena out of the stroller. And I was like, mm. what? And you know, they just, I fucking got in my car, bro. And I was like, I don't care. I'll run every red light, you know? So yeah, got in my car, I bounced, I drove straight to home, which normally took me about 15 minutes. I probably got there in six, parked the car. I'm on the phone and um, I'm running. I see the lady that, oh wow. She's still on the street. <clears throat> and then I, you know, my wife's like, that's her. And I, I kind of see her. And I'm fucking dead sprinting because that, you know, for me at this point, I'm just like, you're getting fucked up. Yeah. I'm putting hands on you. I'm, you try I'm, to, you try <laughs> to abduct my daughter. That's how I see it. I'm like, you're yeah. trying to rip, you're going to take my daughter. And I'm like, you're, you're, I don't know any better. You're, you're mm-hmm. catching these hands. And for me, <laughs> it might be a little worth it. I'm a lawyer up and we're going to figure it out, but you're going to feel what I feel right now. Yeah. And so I was sprinting down there and then I see this cop car come this way. So I'm on this side of the street running, but he can't pull in because there's a center divider. So he's got to go past me and then come back around. And I'm like, no, I want to get there before he gets there. Because yeah. I just want to light this lady up. And I'm running. He pulls in right next to me, comes out, and he gets out. He basically knows I'm the dad because I'm in a mm-hmm. dead sprint. Yeah. And he goes, whoa, 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 chill, chill. I was like, 
And that lady looked at me, she was on the sidewalk. And at this point I could tell she had some mental issues, probably quite a bit. Obviously you're trying to rip mm -hmm. a baby out of a fucking stroller. Mm -hmm. She looks at me, she goes with big old eyes. She's like, that's my baby. And I was like, Oh my ah, God. <laughs> no, I didn't swing on her. Um, but you know, the cop was there. We, we, we talked about what I could do. And you know, of course I want to press charges. You know, they put a halfway house down the street and mm -hmm. ever since that happened, there was more homeless people in the area, which is sort of a big deal. What we're dealing with here in California. But, you know, I said, Hey, she needs to get prosecuted and I want to press charges. And, you know, she was out in like 60 days. I mean, Crazy. But, but just the experience is what, what we're talking about. It's like the fear that I had. <clears throat> Think about someone reaching inside the stroller. So as my wife saw the homeless lady walking towards them in the stroller, she had a, that, that intuition, say like something wasn't right. And as she was walking towards them on the sidewalk, Lily turned the stroller, went boom, turned it. She's like, don't you fucking grab my baby. And she like reached into the stroller. Mm. Bro, think about a homeless person's hands. The yeah. nails are all fucking dirty, long, like almost went to like scratch my daughter's face. And mm. so that's the initial. We're like, oh shit. So I remember my, my, uh, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, they were at the house, which is down the street from us. So they were right there. They came, took my daughter, they gave her a bath, washed her up. Just, you know, you don't know what those, what they have, you know, they're, yeah. they're homeless people. They're, they're yeah. a lot of feces and shit. And so while I was talking to the cop, Went through that process. There was a lot of excitement, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of emotion going on. I was training a little bit in tactical training, shooting, CQB training. Um, and then, you know, through my mentor and stuff. But because of that incident, I went into, I wanted to train a little bit more. I wanted to be prepared readiness. How can I be prepared when I'm off guard, but still be able to, to make something happen? And with what's happening today, not just in the United States, but just, just, just as a whole, man, there's a lot of dangerous people out there. And we're seeing mm -hmm. that more because of social, which is great. There's always been bad people. There'll always be evil people, but we're seeing a lot of these things happen right now. And so for me, as a, as a protector, as a father, as a, a leader of my tribe at home, I'm trying to be that, you know, I'm trying to be, uh, uh, an alpha, a male, a provider, a protector, all the while I'm trying to be this samurai, which is someone, you know, I can go out there and, and if someone's trying to hurt my family and, and, and handle business, if I have to, at mm -hmm. the same time, 20 minutes later, you, you'll find me in the kitchen, finger painting with my daughter. Like yeah. I can do both. I want to yeah. do both. You need both. Yeah. That's where I'm at. Yeah, you you gotta protect your family, man, and and that is scary, bro. You're 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 at work. Your wife is walking, walking baby daughter down the street, and and someone tries to abduct her, and then you go and confront this person, and and she looks you dead in the eye and says, "That's, That's mine." The devil's like, oh, dude. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! I know, and, man. And I've never been really like had that desire for tactical training, and right. but honestly, like. It isn't, does it, until an incident like this happens, that's right. when it really pushes you. And then, yeah. I, you know, we had not a similar incident, but an incident happened to, to my wife and I, I remember where we were on the road and, and, um, some guy swerved into us, slowed down and pointed his gun at us and, and, and then drove off road rage. I don't know the reasons from it, but it, it and look, I don't think, uh, um, 
tactical training may have helped me in there to where we're going to have a gunfight on the road. Right, right. But it's better to know how to defend yourself. Put yourself, it's better to be in uncomfortable situations through training. Mm-hmm. That way, when you're put in those situations, you know what to do. Like if I had been training, maybe I would have known to to swerve away from somebody driving on crazy like that on the road and, and, mm-hmm. and to evade properly and then hold my own. And, right. and I think it's a definite need for, for all fathers out there that are there to protect mm-hmm. and yeah. protect their family. Yes. Protect and serve your communities, but you got to be able to hold it down at home too. Yeah. And again, that's why understanding how to have, throw these hands and be, be defensive of, yeah. of, of yourself in these things. Mm-hmm. It's crazy, man. You know, I, I work in LA a few times a week and, and it's, it's a wild West there. You know, we lived in New York too. It's like, you got to understand how to protect yourself. And then when you become a father and a parent, you need to understand how mm-hmm. to protect your family. Like they, mm-hmm. they look to you for that. You know, the, 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 the more understanding, and the more training you have, whether it's combat, physical, boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, the more you have it, I don't have the need to want to do that when I go out. That's not mm-hmm. my MO. I'll be, be, if I want to go, if I feel like I need to really hit something or I'll call one of my friends, I'll call you, hey, man, can we get some sparring in? That'll get the, the edge off. So I, I, don't, I don't have that sense. And it's the same for, you know, tactical training. I enjoy getting out there, firing my pistol and, and hanging out with, you know, some tier one guys, some Delta Force guys, Navy SEAL guys, Rangers, all those guys that are incredible at what they do. And anyone who really served in the military, I like doing that training because the more knowledge that I have, the less likely I am to use that for it. Because I know there's other ways of getting the job done without, you know, lethal force. And again, this is one man's view. This is my opinion, of course, of how I sort of view things. But because of the instances I've had, I'm, I'm like, I'm sort of forced to feel yeah, that way. And think that way. Like, yeah. And it's better to know than to not know. Yeah. You know? Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, that plain as simple as that better, whether you, you believe in it, you're passionate about it, yeah. it's better to know than to not know. And credit to you too, like kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, how you always want to be surrounded with the top tier at what they do. Like yeah. when they came to your clients, you, yeah. you, you, you seek out training, you know, high net worth individuals, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. people high up in the community, even down to your tactical training. Right. I'm not just going to go to the gun range and, sh- and figure it out by myself looking Mm-mm. at YouTube videos. I'm going to mm-hmm. go train with Navy SEALs. Yeah. I'm going to go train like you. You've done some pretty extensive training. Yeah. I remember share with this. Uh, actually, I don't even know if you could share with this because this was pretty <laughs> classified stuff, but you went to like Memphis or something for yeah. some training? Like, could you, could you share some of that? Yeah, I went to this offsite training. Uh, I landed in Memphis <clears> about as <throat> much as I can say about that, but I landed in Memphis and I do almost like a week training course with, I mean, I'm with the SEAL teams. So we're in, I'm in the, I'm in the, the barracks, you know, I'm living there eating chow with them for a few days, wake up early. We get our training in. I mean, I don't know how many freaking rounds we put down range, but Tons and tons of training. The the biggest thing was I was surrounded by the best of the best. So these Navy SEALs are on different teams. They could be on SEAL Team 6, SEAL Team 9, 8, whatever. They're a bunch of different dudes. Uh, And then a Delta Force guy too as well. We had an on-site paramedic um, trauma guy. We had on-site video camera guy. We had some really fucking cool shit. And um, I was driving... The Jeep, I let off a charger. I mean, I was clearing homes, clearing rooms, clearing buildings. Um, 
We did a lot of CQB training, which is incredible. And then watching these individuals clear a building. I mean, the amount of training, I mean, this is the best of the best. So it would be like watching a Beethoven. It would be like, it was, it was so beautifully put together and the way they manipulate themselves through the room with silence, precision. I mean, absolutely fucking flawless. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hyping these guys up. They need no hype. They move in silence. You never hear about them. You never see about them. But to be around these individuals, I also want to say this. They're some of the most, if not highly evolved human beings, switched on people I've ever met in my fucking life. If they weren't Navy SEALs, if they weren't Delta Force, like tier one guys, they, they're, they're executives. A lot of these guys have bachelor's, master's degrees, PhDs, really switched on dudes and understand the rules of engagement, understand one another, and they speak to each other. I'll say this lastly. They speak to each other without words while moving. It's they use their they use their fucking pistols and their rifles to talk to one another. It's if these dudes knocked on your door, Jer, if if you heard the knock on the door, you're already done. That's it. You're already done. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Go I wanna go back to how you're talking about how the, you know, high high level individuals not just in their their tactical training and that goes to show like even a lot of you if you scroll down the for you page Mm -hmm. and get a a lot of the motivational stuff it's a lot of you know these tactical guys talking about their ways Mm -hmm. of life Mm -hmm. and that's something i highly covet and 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 seek out these guys get up early because they understand that they Mm -hmm. they're they're really good at what they do and 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 correct me if i'm wrong but i think because they have constantly on the daily put themselves in these uncomfortable situations Mm -hmm. and train yeah and and i think that's something that attracted both of us into that kind of training because of boxing too yeah yeah how how i mean that taking it back to boxing now like how similar are the two it's like boxing like understanding your foundations and your fundamentals i remember when you took me to the range and you're like all right let's get our dry firing and this is like shadow boxing shadow boxing right it's so similar Mm -hmm. um that and that's why tactical training boxing training it's so um there's a lot of similarities similarities in both but similarities in the way you should be living life yeah i think there's a lot of metaphors and and uh, analogies in, in both the tactical training and, and the boxing space the cross-pollination between both is it's unparalleled because just like you said right now shadow boxing is sort of like they're dry firing and for the people who are watching dry firing is basically shooting at a paper whatever and just clicks, no, no ammo, right? No, no bullets in the chamber. You're not sending anything down range. You're just going through the motions of, you know, pulling your pistol out, getting on target, getting uh, your front sight aligned and everything dialed in. And then the actual act of pressing the, and pulling the trigger, it's like boxing. The act of putting your hands up, turning that hand over on the very end, boom, that is the pulling of the trigger. Boom, right? So. There was a lot of things that transferred over, but the way they live their life is very similar um, in, in many ways. And it's the amount of dedication you have to have to your craft. Mm. It's like boxing in the sense that, dude, I could not ever throw a one punch shadow box for 10 years straight. And I could get in a street fight at a, at a, at a gas station. And these guys won't fail me. It'll, it'll, there'll still be a good remnants of like, 
hands. Like I still got it. It's the same for these individuals who've done it for so long. Maybe not to put, you know, some rounds down range, but give them a pistol and watch them get on target like that. It's just, you know, it's a perishable skill in some sense, but not really. And what's, you know, tactical training, you know, boxing, crossing in a tactical training. What has tactical training taught you about life? Like, has it helped you become a better, better father? Obviously understanding how to protect your family, more, yeah. but give it, you know, give, give me more of the lessons it's given you. Like, man, you, uh, I mean, discipline has to be one of them, right? Yeah. Discipline too. Be, be, the, the biggest thing is you don't know what you don't know. And I think a lot of people have the notion of, oh, here's a gun, here's a pistol, here's bullets. I send it down range. And it's like, dude, that's not how it goes down. There's, there's, there's a process. There's a due process, much like fighting and then much like life. And so uh, you can't just go charging life with fucking no condom, man. You need to, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you need to mm -hmm. practice. You need to put the time in and the, the amount of time and efficiency that these men put behind it. And not just the Navy SEALs, anyone that's in the military, law enforcement, these people have a lot of experience. For me, the discipline, of slowing down because keep in mind, I've never done tactical training up until six, seven, about seven years ago, six, seven years ago when I started. And, and my point is because I had never done it, everything I knew about boxing, which I think I'm pretty decent. I had to slow down. I'm back to square one. I'm, I'm the new guy in the gym now, you know? So like mm -hmm. back, it's, I'm using obviously analogies. I'm using my jab now. I'm learning what a jab is. What I mean mm -hmm. is like just pulling my pistol out and presenting it is the jab, you know what I mean? In my opinion. Mm. And so the discipline, take my ego, put it aside, put the John Wick shit that you think you know. Yeah, right. Get it out of here. There's no room for it. The Mayweather yeah. shit you think you know, it's your first day in the gym, get that shit out of that's, here. That's how you relate the two. So those are you, everyone yeah. listening that's like, watches boxing or watches tactical training like yeah. the co competition shooting and the fancy is equivalent to like the fancy mitt work almost the john wick shit you see is yeah. the is the, <laughs> is the mayweather on the mitts like yeah. first of all you don't even know what he's doing in the nuances of boxing and then you see yeah. john wick you don't even know the the seven things that had to happen before he even pulled that trigger and so and i'm not even speaking from a tactical guy so i i don't want to even put that out there i'm I'm a dad. I'm a businessman who trains that way. And I enjoy training with those individuals and I, and I am still learning. So I just want to, you know, yeah. I mean, it all bleeds it into, there's so many lessons to take from this conversation as, as first and foremost is like the foundation you started with and kind of recap and everything. The mm -hmm. foundation you started with section eight housing yeah. primed you to when you started your own business and mm -hmm. uh, uh, confronted your first challenge of two people showing up on day one. You're like, this is, this ain't nothing. I was sleeping with bugs yeah. before. Like Hell I can yeah. make, make this happen. Yeah. And then that bled into like everything else that you did from business to becoming a father. And, and which we talked about is the yeah. hardest out of everything, boxing yeah. business. No parenting is the hardest thing we've, we've ever done. And then yeah. another challenge in parenting, your, your daughter almost gets abducted. It's like, what do you got to do to, to, protect your family yeah and then yeah. the training you're doing the, the the to protect your family you're putting a lot of dedication yeah. into it just like you do boxing it's everything yeah. leads into yeah. everything you know i do want to say this what started off as you know wanting to learn more about you know guns and ammo and rifles and protecting my family really quickly turned into a really uh awesome interest of mine so i want to make note of that what, what turned it into like 
hey, man, I need to learn this shit because, like, da, 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 in case World War Three breaks out, you know, let's forget about that. It really transitioned into, man, I really like this sport, right? Mm -hmm. If you look at shooting altogether, number one reason why people pick up ammunition, it's sport shooting and home defense. And then third would be local law enforcement, right? They're picking up a bunch of ammo. But sport training, which I love, I love shooting. And then really the home defense thing. So I, it's, it, that mindset's kind of shifted. And that all shifted through the training because I became more aware of like what shooting is, what training really is. I'm not, I'm no longer on the offense. Like, oh, I want a gun. Like I need to learn how it's like, nah, mm -hmm. man, that's, that's like last worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. I got these guys first, right? If I can't yeah. handle it, you know? Yeah. So I, I just want to make note that now it's a, it's a really awesome hobby and interest of mine that I'm really enjoying. It's an expensive fucking hobby. <laughs> so. you, well, you, and I mean, it's so similar again to combat training. You see so many yeah. fighters, um, whether they're MMA fighters, boxers, they, they get into it. And then mm -hmm. because it's very similar, Yeah, you yeah. know, what do you like better now, boxing or, or tactical training? Man, I, I like, I like tactical. I mean, boxing is, boxing is my, it's my, uh, yeah. it's my home base. It's my, yeah. whenever I feel like I'm getting a little chubby, you're putting a little weight, all right, hit, hit the, hit the bag. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, it's my day one, man. It's, it's my go-to. Yeah. So for, for some people it's yoga, for some people it's Pilates, it's spinning. For me, it's boxing. I think probably for you too. Secondary mm -hmm. is probably like hitting weights and weight training and strength training and stuff like that. Um, so tactical training has really, it's, it's right up there with boxing, but different. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I'm not, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to make a lifestyle or, uh, or income off it. Boxing. Yeah. Well, your, your boxing life. is also bleeds into your business too. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah. you're burnt out from your own personal boxing training. Yeah. But then your workflow too is, is boxing. So yeah. you could run to tactical training to kind of take your mind off of things. And it truly becomes a passion and a hobby of yours. That's a good point. That's what it's escapism for me. Yeah. So yeah. I can leave million. the boxing. I can leave the boxing work and the boxing business and just say, Hey, that this is, that's not just what I love doing, man. It's fun. Yeah. And, yeah. and again, it has that connection to boxing yeah. still too. Yeah. Oh, it, for sure. It is combative, but, it, but the, the lessons it teaches, you know, so go with this. My last question to, to wrap mm -hmm. things up, what is boxing taught you that has helped mm -hmm. you helped you significantly in life? And then give me something that tactical training has taught you as well. Man, boxing, boxing is just, could be the same thing too for yeah. both. I don't know. There's a lot of ebb and flow. I have a love hate relationship with boxing now. Mm. You know, I haven't been doing it for 40 years, but I've been doing it for 16 years straight. And it's, there was a time where I was absolutely fucking obsessed. And I was up till 2 a.m. There's probably some people in here that be like, oh, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm like obsessed. I was on 2 a.m. watching YouTube. I remember I was watching YouTube and Leanna, where we had an apartment at the time. This is like 2010. 11. She's like, what are you doing? I'm just watching these videos. I want to learn. I want to learn, which grew into an obsession and an obsession that grew into a business and a business that grew into, you know, has been able to provide a lot of things that we have today and not just the material, but who I am today and my family and things like that. <clears throat> There's an ebb and flow to boxing, which is very similar to life. So my, my boxing goes like this. I'm all into it. Then I'm kind of, out. And I say when I'm out of it, I'm, I'm still hitting the back three days a week, right? That's like me out of it. Mm -hmm. But when I'm in, it's six, seven days a week. I'm running six, seven days a week. And you, you, you're just engulfed in it. I'm watching more fights. But things have changed for me. The kids, the wife, the, 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 the responsibility. So I don't have that much time to watch all the boxing fights like I used to. And so, and then my interest, 
went into, you know, tactical training and things like that too as well. So the, how I relate boxing to life is that, man, there's always one more round. You got one more round and you, all right, I got one more mm. round in me. So I, I don't say I always tell myself that, but from time to time when shit gets tough, like, man, you got one more round, bro. Just one more and you're just one more drain. You're done. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> and if anybody's had like <clears throat> boxing analogies as you, I remember at, on your, <clears throat> at your wedding and you gave your vows oh. and everything. You got us all choked up. You're talking about, I'll go down swinging for yeah, this. Yeah, no, it, it's, you know, taught you so much. And, and again, it plays such a big role in your life now. And I don't think you could ever get away with it. It has its highs and its lows and you'll be obsessed with it more one day and then you kind of get over it another yeah. day and get burnt out from it. But it's always going to be there now. Like, and, and that goes to show for anyone that gets into boxing, like regardless how much you get into it at first and then come off of it, it'll always be there you know, those habits will be stuck with you. You know, the, those lessons will be stuck with you some way, somehow. I like how you said, I, you know, my part of my wedding vows was, was that, and that's really, I, you know, I didn't forget about that part, but how it relates to life. It's, I said something about like taking a knee and things like that. And, and, and you can take a knee in life. You, mm. get, you get it. You get an eight count. We got 10 seconds, man. So you got some time to get back up and stay in the fight. Just because you get dropped, you know, you've you've heard Rocky say that stuff. It's get back up. It's how hard do you hit bat when you get back up. It's like, yeah, and you can take that knee because you, you you got hit with a body shot. So it's all good. Rest can count. You got some time. So that's, you got a, some that's time. a good one right there, bro. Like it's it's all right to get dropped. It's yeah, all right fuck. to take a knee. Yeah. Man, I've been dropped. I've been dropped plenty of times sparring in mm -hmm. actual fights. I've been TKO'd in a fight. Like I still keep doing this. Yeah, man. That's, and it's it's you know, shape my life in so many mm -hmm. positive ways mm -hmm. and, and yours as well. So yeah. to the listeners out there, like when, when you do include boxing in your life, it, it'll always stick with you and it'll teach you that it's okay to fucking get knocked down. And, and Hell fall. yeah. It's all good. You, you, you just, like my dad said, and my mom said, you just can't quit. Just don't quit, man. Don't quit. Whatever you do, yeah. just don't quit. If you, if you don't quit, I'm I'm gonna sound like Gary Vee, um, but I'm telling you right. If you do not quit, you will fucking win. I promise. Oh you, my god! You just That's can't it. quit. You just That's can't it. quit. That's I know it. you want to, but don't fucking do it. It's it'll happen. It'll happen. And how sad it is. People quit before they even start. That's the worst. <clears throat> people quit in their head, man. Yeah. I mean, we've had friends or they were <clears throat> our friends, mm -hmm. you know, and then we ventured off to try to yeah. go, you know, start a business or move across yeah. the country and do our own thing. And, yeah. and they quit on themselves by, by, by trying to take us down, you know, and, and, I and time not for support that. us. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's like you could quit before you even start. And that's that. Like, just don't ever. Well, guys like you and I, it's like who have pursued sort of the entrepreneurial career, entrepreneurial path. It's it's hard. I, I read a quote the other day, <clears throat> and it said, "An entrepreneur with bad habits will soon become an employee. Oh, an employee facts. with incredible habits will soon be an entrepreneur." I mean. That ain't that the truth right there? How bro. many real? I was an employee, which is all good. Yeah. You were an employee yeah. at once. It's okay yeah. if you are an employee right now. That's all good. Not that, not everybody wants to own a business. I have friends that are like Trey. I want none of the hassles they deal with. Got it. Respect it totally. 
Yeah. But if you're an entrepreneur and you got shit habits and you're wondering why you're, you're, you're back working at TJ Fridays, you know why. Yeah. Your business model wasn't whack. You just didn't want to, you didn't, you weren't trying to get sick. You weren't trying to be in the hospital like me. Mm hmm. You weren't mm -hmm. trying to lose weight. You weren't they, trying to they, put it on the line, you know? They didn't want to come up from the A count. They're like, no. Uh, uh, whatever. At least I showed up. I'm, I'm good now. I'll go back to my mom's house, my dad's house. It's all good. Wow. What a go what a great conversation, bro. Yeah, man. Oh my gosh. This is well, good. No, thank you for sharing and, and there'll be plenty more episodes where we keep going through life and we bring you back and, and yeah. we keep sharing and different topics now. I, I kinda look at the first episodes of everybody as the audience in the community just you know, you get to know them. Right. Now now you get to we get to all follow each other and, and yeah. constantly come back to these conversations and, and and sharing more and more stories. How how do people follow you on the regular? Um social media? <clears throat> yeah, social media you can follow me at Hitman Hughesman. Um, and that's really it. And then, uh, in January, I'm going to be starting a little podcast, YouTube, we get it yeah. going. So that's going to be bumping I'm up excited. your own content. So make yeah. sure you guys follow, follow his stuff now. That way later down the line, um, when he starts putting out more content, yep. uh, it'll be right there. And if you want to train with, with you, bro, yeah. um, box house in Newport beach, right? I said box house, Newport beach. I mean, just man, even if it ain't me, you just want to come take a class. You want to. Work with one of my coaches. The more the merrier. We love we love to have anybody. Uh, just say Jeremiah sent you, and uh, we'll charge <laughs> we'll charge you double, <laughs> triple, <laughs> triple. You 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 just send me the invoice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Don't get us going. Oh, well, I appreciate man. you having me on, man. You know I got tons of love for you, and, I, and I'm excited for uh, for what you got going on. This podcast. I mean, this is incredible, man. I'm, I'm it's fun, to be man. On it's yeah. it, no, it's fun. It's like it's cool because like everyone has a story that I've met through the boxing world, mm -hmm. and we're all unique in our own individual mm -hmm. ways. But we all have similarities. We mm -hmm. there'll be other parents listening to this, yeah, that have gone through similar ways. There, yeah. There'll be entrepreneurs listening to this mm -hmm. that are going through it right now, and they're like, man, I just got to stay in there and and get up off 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 the knee off of that eight count and keep trucking past this challenge and 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 everything there'll be people out there who who want to become entrepreneurs there'll yeah. be people out there working at the the old gyms that mm -hmm. that we talked about yeah. and, and want to branch out and do something more for yeah. them so that's why we share the stories we do now ladies and gentlemen andre Hughesman from section eight housing to Let's go to to business owner in newport beach um amazing father man you know i look up to you as a Thank dad and, and 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 i call you and ask you all the time for for advice on how to raise these damn gremlins <laughs> they be draining the shit out of my energy oh i got no um, more time and, and even the tactical training man yeah, and, and yeah. i'm slowly getting into it now and more of that fall, falling in love with it mm -hmm. too and mm -hmm. and thank you for sharing brother thank you i appreciate you guys you guys take care enjoy your weekend we'll see you appreciate it